Sorry, that was a really terrible test option. <laughs> You're listening to Lead Them to Life, where it's our prerogative to explore what it means to be authentically human and fully alive. We have far more questions than answers, but believe that extraordinary answers can be found in the ordinariness of a journey. I'm your host, Emily Leadham. Welcome to Lead Them to Life. I have a super exciting guest with me today, Chris Motes. How are you, my friend? Doing well. It's Friday. I've, I've been like waiting for this conversation for months. Did you know this? I didn't. I think that, okay, I'm just going to like affirm you for a second so that our listeners know how awesome you are. I think you're super brilliant and just the way that you live your life. I think my husband and I talk about this a lot. Like you just have a very countercultural way of living and being and it's super awesome. So I am pumped to just pick your brain for a little bit. Um, But first of all, can you tell us just a little bit about who you are and all your things? I, yeah, uh, so. Chris Motes. I am very happily married to uh, Hannah. We have four really lovely children, three girls, and uh, just had a boy a month and a half ago, which uh, as a father, I'm very excited to have a son. Yeah, is it different Uh, having a boy versus your three girls? It is a bit different. Um, You know, just kind of like mentally, there's like a different, I'm thinking different thoughts. I'm like already planning our camping trips and not that not that we don't go camping as a family with girls, but I'm already kind of like thinking of these sort of manly things that we're going to do. I love it. I love it. Um, I have a friend that just had, they had two boys and then had a girl. And I asked him, you know, is it a different thing? And he was like, yeah, it's a completely different thing. You wipe a whole different way. And I just thought it was <laughs> hilarious. So, okay. So you've got four kids. Yeah. Uh, four, four kids. And um, so I grew up here in, in Sioux Falls and, uh, and, and was away from, the, uh, the state for about 17 years, was in the service, got out and got a law degree, practiced law in rural Minnesota, uh, got married, started a family in the meantime. And then Hannah and I just uh, moved back two years ago. And um, for my work presently, I do public policy uh, for the Catholic bishops of South Dakota. And um, we, Hannah and I, we love, uh, we love old houses. We ended up buying, buying a home in, in the North End. So I, I have the pleasure of walking to work every day. And, um, that's the short version. And you've got to be like pretty handy. You know, I, you've, you've done a lot of work in these houses. You know, I was kind of thinking about that because before we moved back here, Hannah and I uh, bought and fixed up a really rundown old, old farmhouse where we lived in rural Minnesota. Yep. And I didn't really know that much. I mean, my, my dad wasn't a handyman growing up. So everything I've kind of done is just like, you know, this day and age you have YouTube and you kind of learn on you, as you go. But we just finished a big kitchen project. Um, Which looks I, amazing, by the I, way. I love it. It's just like beautiful. There are some really like uh, beautiful elements. But I was just grateful to Hannah in the sense that she lets me do this stuff. Mm, yeah. Chris, you're not a, a trained carpenter. You're yeah. not a, you, you know, you're not a trained plumber. But at the same time, she has a certain degree of trust in me. Um, and so we undertake these projects together. We're, we share the work. I do a lot of it. She, 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 our uh, previous sauce, so I was running a small business, so she was doing a lot of the work at home too. But uh, they've been kind of fun projects to do together, and they're a bit of an adventure where it's like, uh, you know, we're undertaking something that we've never done before. And 
Well, don't you feel like that's such a sign of respect, too? Because I think there's a lot of women that we tend to to think like, well, if it's not going to be done the way that I want it to be done or how I want it to be done or in the timeline that I want it to be done, we tend to become like overly protective of it. And there's actually something so respectful about uh, a woman, a wife saying like, honey, I'm going to let you do it even though. I'm a little nervous or even though, you know, you, you maybe haven't done it before. Like, it's just this, yeah, it's this level of trust and saying like, but you're, but you're smart and I'm being conf- you know, I'm confident in you and you can do this. Like and, it's what a cheerleader. Right. And it's really been an occasion for us to like, um, we joke, like if you can, uh, survive the restoration of, of two old houses, you can do anything <laughs> within a marriage. Amen. Like it's Amen. been a, it's been an occasion of growth, like in marriage for us. Yeah, totally, um, totally, so. totally. Okay, so you said um, you were in the service for a little while. You were a Marine. You were a, a officer in the Marines. What? Okay, what the heck drew you to that? Because that's a pretty like radical, a radical pursuit. Um, you know, we have military people across the country, of course. Um, uh, but but yeah, what kind of drew you to that? Well, I would say that um, I think it was a call. It was a vocation. For that time, not big V vocation, like in the church we think about, you know, religious life, being a priest, married state. But but it truly was a, a call from the Lord, which mm-hmm. is, you know, the root of the word vocation, um, vocare, call. Um, and I think the seeds were planted, um, you know, in my own heart. I've always, I've always loved reading. And when I was a young man, um, you know, I was scouts and always loved kind of the outdoors, um, but but. As a young man, high school, junior high, started reading books of of um, written by Marines, written by soldiers, and I was just like really drawn to this huh. uh, camaraderie, like uh, this, community. You mean like community among the soldiers? What do you mean camaraderie? Yeah, okay, brotherhood. Um, by I was drawn to honor, you know this this sense of of giving of oneself for a higher purpose that is like beyond outside of and higher than oneself. Mm, yeah. Um, in high school, I wasn't like, uh, I wasn't like a captain of the football team kind of guy. I wasn't like this, I wasn't like a charismatic center of attention. You know, nobody would have pictured me as like this sort of um, gung ho, like Rambo military kind of guy, but in kind of a quiet way, I was attracted to these things. Um, and so what, what that ended up meaning for me, very practically speaking, is that I applied uh, for a Naval ROTC uh, scholarship, and I entered this, this program. I knew I, I wanted to be a Marine, um, a Marine officer. Um, kind of thought about enlisted life. College was really important my family and and I saw the benefits of that too of just like this uh pursuing an education so for, for that that kind of put me on like an officer track um so I, I ended up applying and I uh like I said I and thank you for saying I'm you know you think I'm brilliant I'm really I'm a pretty average person so I actually had to apply for a scholarship um a couple times before I was accepted I participated in this program for two years on on more or less a voluntary basis you know no no benefit mm-hmm, financially, mm-hmm, but I just mm-hmm. really, really wanted this. Okay. And after a couple of years in the program, um, my grades weren't the best, but they were decent. But I'd continue to like just build my own fitness, and um, you know, got get better running and pull ups and push ups and things like that. And but I think I think they were just like, okay, this this kid just won't go away. 
He just wants it. He just wants yeah, it. The perseverance. Yeah, came through. he yeah, just yeah, wants yeah. it. So yeah. I, um, so I ended up after uh, uh, my third try was accepted um, and was given a scholarship, which not only was there like the financial, you know, it was kind of nice in the sense of oh yeah, he's a financial sure. burden, but it really meant is um, as officially accepted in the program, this was an opportunity to go to OCS Officer Candidate School. Um, okay. So. Um, and for Marines, they go to in the ROTC program. They go to officer candidate school between their uh, junior and senior year, and then if they pass, um, following your senior year upon graduation, you're given a commission. Okay. Which is this official appointment from the president as an officer, mm -hmm. uh, and then mm -hmm. you kind of launch into mm -hmm. more training, which could be anywhere from six months. It could be. Uh, couple years depending mm -hmm. on the job you have. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you've told me some different stories of uh, your time in uh, training, um, but also your time uh, as an officer uh, working with working with other Marines and that kind of thing. And it's struck me several different times, just the way in which some of the lessons that you kind of learned and experienced through that training um, really apply I mean, I'm I'm taking them and applying to applying them to my role as a mom and, and uh, a, a person in the workplace and that kind of thing. And so, I would love to just take kind of the majority of our time to really unpack maybe some of the life lessons that you feel like you received through this process. Um, and of course, some of them, you know, you you come from an awesome family, so things that were maybe laid as a foundation there. But um, but yeah, just the way in which kind of that training. Um, brought, brought that about in you. I know the one, the one thing, um, that really jumped out to me that you said, uh, I asked you kind of like, what was, what was some of the biggest life lessons? And you said, it's not about you. Where, what, can you un unpack that a little bit? Yeah. So after commissioning <clears throat> all, all Marine officers, regardless of their job, whether you're a pilot, a lawyer, or all the, they call them ground contracts, meaning you didn't have a job assigned yet, but you were not going to be a lawyer. You're not going to be a pilot. You go to Quantico, Virginia for six months um, for kind of a basic course in uh, leading a Marine rifle platoon. So all Marines, there's kind of this mantra of every Marine is a rifleman, every Marine officer is a, every lieutenant is a rifle platoon commander. Uh, there's just a real strong emphasis on the infantry, which is the heart of the Marine Corps, okay. even if you're going to be a pilot or a supply officer or yep. whatever. So the six months in Quantico, um, and the, the first day... You show up, you're in a class with 300 other people, they call it a company, and the first day you're kind of getting all these sort of welcome, think of it as like orientation, welcome to Quantico, but it's not like, it's not like, um, it's not a soft and fuzzy kind of orientation. Yeah. Uh, so day one, the guy who's in charge of the school, this crusty old colonel. I imagine um, this not being enjoyable for the record. It Continue. Was, it was, I mean, it was intense. You know, these are serious people that <laughs> yeah. that that life uh, life and death is going to be on the line, so they yeah, take yeah, their yeah. job seriously. Yep. Yep. So this crusty old colonel walks into the room, and he kind of has this gaze. There are 300 people there, uh -oh. and everybody just feels like they're pierced by his gaze. And he, he said, um, the profession you have just entered is not about you. Mm. This is not about you. Mm -hmm. If you think this is about you, now is the moment to leave. Did anybody get up and walk no. out? No. Good, because you probably get shot or something. <laughs> 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 yeah. Okay. Um, you know, and that's like, 
Do you feel like that stuck with you? How like now into is, fatherhood and into into uh, your, especially in your marriage. It is. I mean, totally. And that's like just even as I've I've grown in the in the Christian walk, the the Christian life. You know, that's like that's John Paul. That's the law of the gift. Mm. That that your life is not about yourself, and you only actually discover the meaning of of, of your own life and when you give it away. Yeah. Yeah. When yeah. You, when you realize and, and act in a way that it's not about you. So it's like, which actually know, breeds freedom, yeah. you know, like there's a freedom in, in it, not in it, not being about me. Right. You know, how do we, how do we use our, how do we use our freedom? What do we do? What do we do with that? To have the disciplines in life in place to really be able to like enter into, enter in freely and fully into, into our marriage, into our workplace, into our, you know? Yeah. So it's like, um, one of the ways that played out is, okay, so you're like, you're in the field, uh, which means you're not in an office setting. You're out in, um, uh, what, do we, what do we call it? We're out in like the woods or the desert. Okay. Or, um, we're outside. So yeah. we're out in the field. You're kind of like, whether you're training or on a real mission, as a lieutenant uh, or as an officer, uh, in the middle of the night, you get out of the sleeping bag two o'clock in the morning, you get out of the sleeping bag and you go check on people. Um, not because there's anybody there making you do it. Right. But because it's, it's the right thing to do. Right. Because there are people that are, that are awake that do have a job to do. And, um, mm-hmm. it, it's a way to, um, not play gotcha. Like, Oh, are you sleeping? But like, Hey, I'm with you in this. Mm-hmm. What you're doing is important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And that just shows like a level of care for your people too, you know, right. like, um, and, and I think this is, uh, maybe a bit more particular is going to resonate a bit more particular from, for men, for dads, um, than for women, just cause I think maybe the way that we protect is different. The way that we guard is different. Um, actually, I don't know. I got to think about that more. That's a good question. We'll, we'll come back for another podcast on that. Um, but, but yeah, what, like you, you got to know your people and you have to love your people, you know, an affection for, for your people, which I think another story I remember you telling me was, um, something about, uh, the best leadership advice that you had gotten was that the, the biggest battle you're ever going to have to have to fight is the battle for your Marines hearts. Yeah. So the, um, so, uh, when I was going through my training, uh, Lieutenant General James Mattis was the commanding general of um, kind of the Marine Corps Training Command. And so addressed our, our training company on a number of occasions. And that's just one thing he said that just really struck with me is, um, is that the only battle that I as an officer would ever have to win is the battle for my Marines' hearts, and that they would win all the rest. Mm. You know, Which, can I just say, that's the best leadership advice ever. You know, I think when you're, I, I just am thinking about that in, in, um, in, in my workplace or in, you know, small groups that I'm in and that kind of thing. Like if, if you have as, as a team, an affection for one another, a love for one another, if you have, you know, this buy-in to the mission of what you're doing, you know, my kids, I want them to have a buy-in to what we're creating as a family culture. Yeah. And if I get their buy-in, they're going to take it and go with it. That's you right. know, it's it's like this feed them to overflowing because they're so, um, 
oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just like moved by the mission. They're so um, on the team. They're showing up for the team that that's, that's the, that's the biggest battle. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, affection is just so, so important. That's what I learned from, from him in large degree is it's just the power of affection and it doesn't have to be in a, like a buddy, buddy kind of way, because there are appropriate boundaries and roles. Like, you know, I'm not friends with my children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm their father. Your father. And, uh, yeah. Franny, my oldest Franny called me uh, Chris once. She was, I don't know, maybe four. Yeah. She called me Chris and, and I, you know, it's just like, no. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no. 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 I'm uh, your, yeah, I'm dad. There's a whole list of things yeah. you can call me. Yeah. Um, but My husband know. and I get in trouble because if we're in the house, you know, he'll say, hey, M, M. And Claire started walking around going, M. <laughs> it's like, all right, we got to, you yeah. know, kind of navigate that a little bit. So, oh, that's so good. I you know, love and these that. roles are healthy and good. And yeah. Um, okay. So uh, one of the questions that kind of comes up for me as you're talking about that, like the, I, I think the more that you're in relationship with people, um, for me, I've been, I, I've been calling this year, my year of disillusionment. Um, just, just have a, a lot of experiences about disillusion. And um, having this idea of what things should be and it becoming more difficult. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, again, a whole nother podcast episode. That'd be a really interesting conversation. But um, I think the more that you're in a relationship with people, the more it can, um, the more we can kind of become disillusioned. You know, we talk about that at marriage retreats and that kind of thing. You have this idea when you get married or when you maybe first start out with your with your command. What's the, what's the proper term? Yeah, your, your platoon, yeah, yeah, your, sure. your command. Um that I think the more that you're in relationship with them, you know, you can you can kind of start to rub rub uh, abrasively with people, and and I think that's true in marriage as well. You know, it's kind of like so so. This is a personal question, but how do you continue to foster affection? You know, how do you continue to foster? How did you do it there? But then also, you know, in your marriage, how do you continue to kind of keep that um, the battle for battle for hearts? You know, the pursuit of a heart. At the at the forefront, you know. For, oh, I mean, that's such a good question. Yeah, yeah, I mean, Dang. <laughs> I, I think it goes without saying. Maybe some people are just more naturally gifted than others. You got to choose it first and foremost. Yeah. Like you just have to recognize it and choose it. But we can't forget to have fun with one another. We mm-hmm. can't forget to like enjoy one another. Mm-hmm. Um, so like my my platoon, I I'll never forget like just some of the the richest moments of my life were out in the Iraqi desert. We've got a, a kind of intense mission. It's and there's a lot of sacrifice involved. You know, we're sleeping on the ground, we're eating terrible food. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot for us to do at night. So at the end of the, our mission is kind of done for the day. We're done patrolling. We're in the middle of nowhere. There's like, you know, we find a spot where we can kind of set up safely. We build a little uh, circle, and you can. It's safe because you can like see for you know five miles in every direction. Guys get up on watch, and we just do simple. We would just do simple things together. So everybody would like break out their little um, gas-powered camp stoves, mm-hmm. and we would just like heat up tea or make instant mashed potatoes. And people are sharing food together. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. instant mashed potatoes. You've just heated up on a little stove. Sounds delightful. And there's like this. You know, one of the Mexican guys in this in the platoon like had this big gallon jar of tapatio. That oh, he's that's like awesome. Yeah. Walking from group to group, like passing Sharing around the, the hot sauce. And then, like every day, uh, this sounds like maybe kind of cheesy, but like this kind of big circle of guys would form. And they play hacky sack. Oh, so it's like, what game yeah. are you going to play in the middle of the desert? Yeah. So it's like, and this is kind of, um, 
kind of pre-smart. I don't know what guys would be doing if they had had like smartphones out there. If they'd be like kind of in their own like in their own world, zombie world. Yeah. But guys are just like having fun together, and they're like, you know, there are fights that arose. I remember this other time. Um, I'm kind of down in my. I'm inside my vehicle. We had these things called light armored vehicles, kind of like a big truck tank kind of thing. And I'm down in there like looking at my map, kind of planning out the next day's mission. And I just hear this sound from outside. Uh-oh. And I kind of just like peek up through the turret and I look over and like one of my other vehicles, like two Marines are standing on top of this vehicle punching They're each punching other. They're punching each other. They're punching each other. Um, and I kind of just like catch my platoon sergeant's eye and I kind of just give him, I, I point the finger at him like, you're on this one. Like th- there was kind of this mom and dad thing going on where it's like, okay, okay, honey, you take care of this. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to just pretend like I didn't <laughs> see this and he solved the problem. But the reality is like when you spend time with other people in close quarters, whether it's Marines or your family or whoever, um, nothing worthwhile is easy, right? Mm, like we're yeah. we're fallen people, but yeah, you gotta you gotta have fun together. And when when difficulties arise, we have this rule in my family: is when when something happens that like gives offense, you need to let the other person know. If it's something that you're gonna like hold on to, if you can just like let it go and it's like it's it's forgotten because it's not worth it. But if it's like something that's really lodged in your heart, you gotta bring it to the other person. The other person has to know that they've given an offense. And then they gotta they gotta apologize. And when they apologize, the person who's received the apology has to say, I forgive you. Mm-hmm. Name it. Name it. You gotta name it. Forgive it. So then, how do you yeah. how do you pick your battles though? Because I think that's that's a big question for people in in dating relationships and married relationships. I mean, for me as a mom of a toddler, let me tell you, it is a daily pick your battles question, you know, yeah. like, what, what do I, what do I, what do I, um, and I, and I don't know if you can even offer a general blanket statement, of course, but do you have some kind of guiding principles of, all right, you know what, this, this, I need to let go the stain on the carpet, the whatever. Yeah. It, I mean, it depends upon the relationship that we're talking about. So like me and my platoon sergeant or Hannah and I, it's like, we have got to be on the same page. Yeah. You know, it's just like we have got to be united. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So within that relationship, something Hannah and I um, are, are more or less terrible about, but like we strive to do, call it a husband-wife meeting. Yep. Where it's like, yes. you know, um, get scheduled. Family and, board meeting. Yeah, family board meeting. It's just Hannah and I. And we kind of, um, you know, we just – we talk about those things and it's really a non, it's outside of, so if we're going to bring things up where it's a bit, you know, bringing something to the other's attention, like, I think, I think we, AKA you, <laughs> need, need to be a little better. Good choice better. of words. Yeah. We I think, always use we. I think we need to, you know, think about this a little differently or, you know, whatever it might be. Yeah. Um, and it could be truly a mutual thing. It could be like, hey, I noticed, I noticed um, you did this. Yeah. You know, where that, where that come from? Was that a, yeah. To do it outside of the moment. Yeah. Where, so we're kind of purifying ourselves yeah. from uh, an emotional response in yeah. the moment. Yeah. Is helpful, which is one of the good things about a husband-wife meeting. Yeah. And the same sort of thing with a platoon sergeant. We are, you know, having uh, uh, whether you, I think the corporate lingo would be a one-on-one. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just like, yeah. Um, 
And and that happens. You can, It's good to, to have a balance, I think, between scheduled time where we're going to put something on the calendar and we're going to talk about our joint mission mm-hmm. and like kind of how we, how our unity. What's our, and, what are goals? What are, what are we doing well? That kind of thing. That's right. But it's also so important, I think, to just have like informal, yeah. like day to day, you know, just like, yep. you know, husband, wife, yep. you know, when your kids yeah. are in bed and you sit down and you talk. Yeah. So my husband is in this leadership class right now uh, through, through his work. And his last session was about um, giving direct feedback. And so the other day <laughs> I'm getting ready in the morning and I said, Matt, how's my hair? <laughs> and, uh, and he said, it's a little flat. <laughs> <laughs> and and I was like, oh, ouch, you know, it was this hilarious thing. And he's like, sorry, I took a class about direct feedback and I want to start implementing it in our house, you know. And we laughed and laughed and laughed about it. But actually, like, there's something about that that like, uh, and of course, you know, he was mostly jo- mostly joking. It was a little flat. But the, <laughs> the, uh, the joy of it was like, it kind of introduced this conversation for us of like, I actually love you enough and trust you enough. Um, that like, I'm willing to, I'm willing to go there with you and I'm not going to be defensive. Um, when you're bringing to me something, you know, in love and, 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 and we need to be okay. I think like receiving that honest feedback, um, but also, but also giving it and being really clear with each other, but finding the proper space and time to do that well and to build those levels of trust so that when, you know, when we have the family board meeting, whether it's, you know, really good things that we're talking about or maybe some hard things, you know, we've had, we've had conversations about some hard things that we needed to, to kind of get figured out in our house. Um, eating better, for example, you know, like we were just, we we weren't eating well. Um, and I felt attacked because I'm the cook in our house. And, and so, you know, but, but kind of like, okay, you know what, I'm going to actually lay down my defensiveness in order to like, for the betterment of our team, for the betterment of our um, you know, relationship and that kind of thing. So, so yeah, direct feedback. We're working on it in our house, you know? Okay. The, the one other thing, um, that you had shared with me about, um, just like life lessons, you know, that you had really received in your Marine training, you said there's no substitute for first class training. What the heck does that mean? Well, what it means is, so the Marines just take training super, super seriously. And that's not to be construed in a way that they think rotely, meaning they don't, they're automons that don't think for themselves, but they're like constantly um, pl- – I mean, it's just like a basketball team or a football team. It's just like you're not going to go to the Super Bowl if you're not like practicing outside of the games. And so there's just a real respect for human life in that in the sense of like you don't figure this stuff out for the first time on the battlefield when somebody could die. Mm. You know? Mm. Um, you're actually – you're reading the books and bringing the entire like history of military thought to bear – on our contemporary issues. You're actually building the, the muscle movements of like your tactical and, you, and you're like building teamwork. So it's, and, and all within this is like a seriousness of like our mission is so important that we have to prepare for it. Mm-hmm. And like the lives of our, of our brothers and sisters are so important that we don't want to like, we're not flippant about this mm-hmm. and we're not just going to like figure it out. Um, Okay, when but we're how in the face that, of the enemy. How do I receive that as a as a parent? Because when I left the <clears throat> hospital, man, they did not give me a manual. They don't. But if you and um, if you and Matt like don't have a plan for like the what your priorities that, yeah, like yeah, yeah. for a Marine, it's like when you get ambushed, what is what is the first thing you're going to do? What is the first decision that needs mm-hmm. to that go through your mind? Mm-hmm. And if so, if we as parents aren't like 
thinking through what are our priorities, oh, that's what are so the good, guiding yeah. principles yeah. by which we order our lives, we are going to be caught flat-footed and we're going to be turned upside down by the world. Yeah. Like the world is going to eat our lunch and mm-hmm. actually the principles that we're going to use to make decisions to order our family lives are going to be the world's principles, mm-hmm. not those principles that are going to that are going to um, orient uh, our spouses and our children towards the ultimate goal, which yeah. is heaven. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So we, we've got to be intentional about yeah. this. And if so, we're not intentional, we miss it. That's it. You know, there's so many times where it's like, man, we missed an opportunity here because we weren't intentional. Well, with it, I, so. I would even take it a step further, rather even beyond a missed opportunity, which is kind of like an empty neutral sort of proposition. It's like, it's not just a missed opportunity, but the enemy gained ground. Oh, you know, Most. it's like, you've yeah. just like been knocked back. That's a mic drop moment. I feel like we need to start inserting like little sound effects in this. That's so Boom. good. The end of, yeah, it nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Oh, okay. So this is a podcast with more questions than answers. Yeah. Um, I want to know, I'm going to ask every guest that comes on this show, what's, what's a question that you're pondering lately? We're not going to answer it, but I want to know. It can be fun. It can be crazy. It can be really deep. It can be anything and everything. But my hope is really that um, I think we learn a lot by asking the right questions. Yep. So what's what's a question that you've been pondering? Okay, I'm going to set this up just a little bit. All right, go so, for it. So uh, our present pontiff is Pope Francis. Uh, Saint, and he's named for St. Francis. St. Francis lived 800 years ago, and people still visit his tomb. Christian, Catholic, non, you know, atheist, curious, atheist. Matter. People are still fascinated with this figure. Um, our previous Holy Father, Benedict, uh, is named for this, the founder of Western monasticism, lived even longer ago, um, you know, like 800, 700 years before that. Um People are still just like taken with this figure. Um, And so what I'm pondering is 800 years from now, who is the saint that people are going to be captivated by Mm. 800 years hence? Mm -hmm. Who is the saint from the 21st century that people are just going to be so moved by Mm -hmm. in a thousand years? And what is Mm -hmm. the story of that person's life? Mm -hmm. You know? And why? 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 Why so, are they so captivating? Um, yeah. Why are they so captivating? Which, uh, yeah. Oh, Chris, that's such a... I can't wait to answer that question off of air. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Chris, thanks so much for spending time with me. I'm super honored. Um, I hope that this episode blessed you. Please share it with a friend. Subscribe. Leave a comment so that other people can find us. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram, SF Diocese, or my personal Insta is Emily M. Leadham. Would love to check. Um, would love to yeah be in community with you there. So thanks so much. Have an awesome day.